You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare Alley, the spooky little side street podcast in the Nightmare on Film Street feed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are joined today with screenwriter Josh Stolberg and director Darren Lynn Bowsman to talk about their new film, Spiral, from the Book of Saw. Spiral hit theaters last week, kind of the f- the first official, unofficial reopening of it theaters. Seems like it's like the first yeah. movie back for a lot of people. Like for everybody, they were like, "Yeah, we're doing it. We're it's happening." Everybody in the states. Every, yeah, not us. Our theaters are still closed. Yeah, uh, but we do have our first dose, so like things are promising. Yeah, I, I have relatively low envy. I'm I'm more enthusiastic about the whole process. At the absolute latest, I'll be back in the theater by noon on August 24th, oh, which is noon. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe the 25th. That's when my second dose is scheduled. Oh, <laughs> noon. <laughs> yep, it's already in the. It's already in the day planner. Hey, you know what? If the on- Ontario government could just open drive-ins, I will shut my mouth for the whole summer. That's a real good point. I, you know, even up until November, we did it last year. It was a little freezing. I remember seeing. I know what you did last summer with hand warmers, and it snowed outside and I had to walk through the snow to go to the bathroom. Yeah. It was a big deal. It was muddy. I hated it. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just give me a drive-in. It's fine. I don't need... Well, I do kind of need a theater, but a drive-in will do. A drive-in will do. Um, but yeah, Spiral, out in theaters. People are enjoying theaters again. It's a it's a thing. It's real. It's happening. Uh, Spiral is the ninth installment of the Saw franchise, but it's a little bit different. Uh, obviously, you probably already know this, but it's... Um, Kind of a, a sidestep from the original franchise. But very much not a reboot. Like, that is the biggest thing to take away. It's not a reboot. All of those movies did happen. They're all canonical. This is just hap- It's a spooky little side street movie. Oh! <laughs> in, in the regular Saw feed. <laughs> I appreciated that. That was good. It's it's totally accurate, though. And that's, that's exactly how they talk about it. And I think it's maybe one of the only franchises that has successful... I talk about this in the fucking episode, but I think it's one of the only franchises that has successfully sort of rebooted itself without fully rebooting. And also, it totally makes sense. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm always really sensitive about with remakes and reboots and stuff, is I really don't like when they dampen anything that happened previously. Like, one thing that I'll give it, for instance, which is kind of a controversial opinion, that I'm not a huge fan of the subsequent Paranormal Activity films because they lessen the haunting of the beginning one by carrying it through to, like, the sisters and stuff. And there's a whole, like, expanded family lore that I think lessens the original Paranormal Activity. But that's controversial. We'll talk about it another day. Sure. But with the Saw franchise, it's got a really loyal fan base. I mean, they were releasing a film every October, every year. Like, oh, man. It was a tradition for people to go see those movies. Hell and yeah. so people have really high expectations for any Saw traps and any subsequent copycat killers or protégés or how we were going through um, John Kramer's legacy, John Kramer being the titular Saw, Saw killer. Mm-hmm. And Spiral kind of throws you for a complete loop and we we never really promise anything directly relating to Jigsaw and I I don't want to spoil the movie obviously but it's 
always kind of teasing a copycat that may or may not have any connection to the original Saw films. Mm -hmm. And in that vein becomes more of a cop thriller and less of a direct trap to trap to trap situation where people are being put through tests. And though Spiral still has a lot of those elements and they're still pretty integral to the story, they're not the main focal point, which is pretty refreshing. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this one a whole lot. I think the killer's great. I think it's completely different from like the the original Jigsaw, and I think uh, the the motivations are fuck. How do you talk about this without spoiling it? It's like, hard. It's hard. Yeah. You got to use like shoulder lifty words. Yeah, in this, <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of that, a lot of that. Love the fucking end of this movie. The the end is very satisfying. Oh, yeah. And, like, that is something I'm always on the lookout for in a new Saw movie. Like, I want that ending to just be a fucking gut punch. This this movie delivers it. It brings mystery back into the franchise, which is great. And it's got some pretty gnarly traps. Let's be real. The it's, traps are pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. real good. The, the gnarly is not, even though this is more cop thriller, it is not any less gnarly. I would personally would like to see Samuel Jackson and Chris Rock in more horror movies. Yes. That's not a controversial opinion. I think everyone thinks the exact same thing. Chris Rock was fantastic, and I think a lot of that goes credit to the dialogue. Um, not that I necessarily agree with his opinions, but his... Um, <laughs> you mean his shitty going through his, a divorce cop yes, opinions? Yes, exactly. Course. But the, some of the dialogue, like you, he's... He's wonderful. It's fantastic. I love all the scenes of them driving like to and from destinations where you learn just like how cold and apathetic and just kind of disdainful he is about his place in life right now. And uh, uh, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's re- it's real great. We had a blast sitting down talking with Darren Lynn Bozeman and Josh Stolberg. You'll remember Josh Stolberg. He was the screenwriter for Jigsaw. Darren Lynn Bozeman, of course, directed Saw 2, 3, and 4. And depending on who you ask, Saw 2, highlight of the franchise. Let's be like, right now, Kim, what do you think? Oh, Saw 1 or no, Saw 2? <laughs> I am not even going to try to answer this. I would have to rewatch the franchise. It's real tough. Real tough. And that's, th- it's got the best trap, I think. I'll say that. Saw 2? Yeah, I think so. It's got a lot of really good traps. Yeah. Also, another great fucking ending, right? That's probably, oh man, it's a good franchise. We. <laughs> I'm kind of happy that we didn't rewatch all of the movies before we sat down to watch Spiral because I, I, I'm always worried that that's the wrong way to go about it. Like, I got all the memories of those movies in my head. That's probably all I need to go enjoy Spiral, and that's how we did it, but I, I would really like to go back and watch some. Oh, especially now. I'm feeling very like, yeah, I want to watch those Saw movies Let's now. Let's do it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Order and take it tonight. Let's watch a bunch of Saw movies. Oh, that's weird to plan food around it. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Uh, Before we get into the interview, just a little bit of hot news, nightmare news. We have a watch party scheduled with The Fiend Club later this month, May 29th. We are marathoning the Blair Witch films. We're starting with the original. We're doing Book of Shadows. Hell yeah, we are. And then the 2016 reboot slash sequel. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. I think I've seen the remake a couple times. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to say remake. It's not really a remake. No. The the fresher, the freshest of the witches. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a little bit. I know it's got some great scares. Uh, it plays around with the house a little bit more than I, than I would have wanted it to, but it's still a pretty good movie all around. Yeah, but Book of Shadows I've only seen once, and I'm very excited to revisit it. I have not seen Book of Shadows I in a remember while. some things about it. It's not, it's not, <laughs> it, it does not deserve the hate that it gets, but it's, it's no Blair Witch Project, I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, but that's May 29th, 7 p.m. Eastern to... Whenever the fuck that ends, we don't know. It'll be late. Uh, yeah. To join the Fiend Club, head over to nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. It's a couple dollars a month to support Nightmare on Film Street and everything we do here. And we do a bunch of those types of watch parties and events and stuff. And Blair Witch, it's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited. 
But enough about us. Here's the trailer for Spiral. This package just came in. Hello, Detective Banks. Do you know where your officers are? Jigsaw? Wait, I thought the Jigsaw Killer was dead. He is. Hours, not days. How can I catch this guy? If there's nobody on the bus, I can bust! You can't do this alone. Whoever did this has another motive. Something personal. When was the last time you saw your father? Jigsaw copycat. This is gonna go sideways fast. All available units, officer down. That was just a diversion to get us out of the precinct. I need everyone on this case. He could be anywhere. He could be anyone. We're gonna tear this city apart. I'm a mess being like a spiral. Hello, Detective Banks. When was the last time you saw your father? Let's talk you. about Spiral. Yeah, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to us today on the sure. podcast. We we really enjoyed Spiral, and we we have a lot of questions. <laughs> this is neither of your first Saw movies. What's it? What was it like to return to the franchise again? Well, I had a very short return because I I was only involved in Jigsaw before this. Um, but I have to say that as soon as they brought Darren in and um, and the conversation started percolating about Darren coming back, I got really thrilled because I'm a soft, junky fan just as much as the next person. So the idea of being able to work with somebody who uh, was uh, kind of spearheaded the, the, the Saw film that I loved the most, which was Saw 2, that was really, really exciting for me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was... Um it was a really double-edged sword for me because the, you know, there's the jealous part of me that every time a Saw movie came out, I became infinitely jealous and was like, I could do that. I want to do that. I could do it better. <laughs> um, but the other part of me was concerned because, you know, I left Saw at the height where I had three number one hits. You know, it was, it was at the top of the top of the top. So there was, there was obviously a concern. Now I'm coming back with two superstars in it and 14 years absent where there is a much bigger fan base. And I think there was more expectations put on me as well as they were calling this the reboot or the reimagination. So I think that from a pressure standpoint, I felt as much pressure coming back to this than I ever did doing the first Saw film, which is my very first film ever. So I think that it was, uh, it was, exci it was exciting, but it was also extremely nerve wracking at the same time. 
And in those initial conversations, like how far away from like the original Saws were you guys talking? Like, was it initially going to be another Saw sequel or was Spiral kind of this this cop thriller always in the works? Um, well, I can speak to that. We were um, we we had already spent a ton of time breaking a completely different Saw film. Um, it was not a sequel to Jigsaw. Um, it was more of uh, something that would have fit more into the into the first seven. And uh, just out of the blue one day, uh, Pete, uh, who I wrote Spiral and Jigsaw with, uh, we were walking down the street trying to break that story. And we got a call from Mark and Oren saying, hey, Chris Rock wants to make a Saw movie. Uh, stay uh, by your phones because he's going to be calling you in a few minutes. So all of a sudden, the film spiraled <laughs> off from this other film that we were sure we were making in, in eight months to completely starting from square one with a brand new take after talking to Chris. That's so cool. So he got involved right at the get-go of, of Spiral. Yeah, uh, 100%. The reason that Spiral exists is because Chris wanted to do one and had some ideas about the direction it should take. And, uh, and that's where the entire uh, project started from. It's been real great to watch like a reimagining of a franchise, and uh, it's it's this this franchise might be the only time that I've seen like a quote unquote reboot with a copycat killer, and it makes perfect sense. Like I don't I don't know how you guys well, pulled this off, but that's a huge feat. <laughs> I think that you know again going back to this, I think one of the the biggest obstacles in doing something like this, and I think it's only going to be time that's going to tell, is you have such a rabid fan base and a recent rabid fan base. So like if you're looking at something like Nightmare on Elm Street and it's getting rebooted. You have you have years that have passed from the last you know iteration with with uh, Robert England, where this you just had a couple of years with Jigsaw, and so I think what you've done where this becomes a little complicated is you have a fan base who is still very much invested in the Saw storyline, and then we do a right turn and we create a parallel storyline that's going on at the same time. So what that does is you have people coming into the cinema I think expecting Saw. And it's not Saw at all. It's got the DNA of a Saw film. It has the aesthetic of a Saw film, but it's not. It's its own thing. And so, you know, you have a lot of people. And the thing which is kind of, Josh and I have been talking about a lot recently is the polarization of this Saw film. And it's very polarizing, right? It, you know, people either love it or hate it. And I think that you either go in and you accept it for what it is, which is a, which is a different complete story, or you go in wanting it to be Saw 9. And it's definitely not Saw 9. Darren, how many how many uh, DMs do you have in your Twitter of where's Hoffman? Where's <laughs> oh my God! It's it's all it's all I have. It's it's literally the, the, it's it's just where's Hoffman? Where's Jigsaw? Where's Amanda? Where's Carrie Elways? And that's not what it is. That's not what we're doing. And I think that just because Spiral exists does not mean there will not be a Saw Nine. And I think mm. that's the that's the most important thing to know is that um, there still very well may be a Saw Nine. You might come right back to Jigsaw. But that's not this story. Well, yeah, it also sounds like Josh already has the script written, so <laughs> <laughs> ready to go. Well, and I'm sure there was a lot of pressure, too, in terms of the fan base. With the, the later iterations of the Saw films, the formula kind of was how elaborate can we get with these traps and how much more grotesque and how, how disgusting and visceral can we get. And when you, when you lean more to a thriller, you still want to keep true to the core of Saw and what Saw is with those traps. But, <sighs> but it is a different story entirely. So was it harder to restrain those traps or did you guys still just go full Saw with it. I think the traps for us, um, at least for me, was very much part of the original Fran. We, we, we kept the traps. We kept the Charlie Clouser music. And when we restrained ourselves, it related to obviously we didn't put the puppet back in, the Billy doll. We did not put 
Tobin Bell back in, but I knew that we had to give the fans something they would expect. And I think the fans, it, we couldn't have taken the traps and the puppet and John Kramer. So we really tried to lean back into my old aesthetic of the traps, which is the classic 360, the whip pant, the flash yeah. frames, all of that. Which, so, so, you know, we start the movie off, which is right off, hey, you motherfuckers, here it is. <laughs> now let's start to tell you a different story. So I think the traps were, were something that is very, if you're a fan of the Saw franchise, we do not let up on the traps. They're brutal. They're in there. They're disgusting. <laughs> Well, what's kind of interesting to me about the the, the traps, uh, Darren, that, that 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 the film went in a slightly different direction with, was that there were a few of the traps that are actually in flashback, and we already know the outcome when yeah. we're seeing it too, which is I think something new to this yeah. franchise as well. But um, it kind of made you see them in a different, in a slightly different way. Yeah, that's Absolutely. such a great point because with this one, it's more investigative. Like we're following the police side of the story. So we're kind of outside of the traps. Whereas, you know, in the original Saw film, like we're stuck in that bathroom. So this is kind of us p- picking through the evidence of the aftermath, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that when Chris and I first spoke, uh, you know, one of his big inspirations was 48 Hours. He really wanted to lean into the 48 Hour meets Seven influence. So we tried to take, I don't want to say a step back from horror, but we really wanted it to be more of that noirish detective thing yeah. um, mixed with some of the fun of a 48 Hours movie. Yeah, no, it really comes through. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And, uh, like, I was... Sorry, I can't I can't not mention the fact that there is just a fake head behind Josh <laughs> on, his yeah, work t- on his work desk. It was for a C- I, I did a, C- a CW Halloween special where we decapitated um, a, a, a a wonderful actress named Chaley Rose, and that's that's her head on my desk. Yes. <laughs> Just casual. Uh, Just wait, my movie. I got a one up, Josh. Hold on. What do I have? Uh, oh, here, here. I have all of Fitch's fingers. No oh. way. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. What else I got? I have, a, oh, I have a cup. I have a cup of organs. Let's see what we got here. Let's see. <laughs> I have uh, I have a nose. I have right uh, an eyeball. Ew. Yeah, that's a good eyeball. Oh, that's good. Oh, got an ear. Gosh, so. Just casual horror <laughs> things. Yeah. Do you guys have any unused traps um, from, from the movie that just didn't make it to screen because yeah, they were either too gross or whatever? There was one. I mean, there, I've talked about it. There's one sequence that was cut out it, for numerous reasons. Um which is not the first time it's happened in a Saw film. I shot a trap in Saw 4 that never was, I think it was reused in Saw 5, which is a glass trap. But yeah, there, there was one sequence that, that just didn't work. Um, we shot it, it just didn't work. So there was that, but you know, the traps change constantly. You know, I mean, what- I, yeah, I would say, Darren, that, that over the course from the beginning of us writing this thing, 
there were we we jumped around and had probably 30 different traps that had wow. been been written into it but 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 once the movie starts pre-production and you really start developing it that's where the traps really come to life uh, one of, you know one of the marching orders from the studio and from uh, the, our producers Mark and Oren um, really is let's work on the on on the plotting first let's work on the characters first and the traps really come into play when all of the team comes together um, and it's a real collaborative effort to, to, to come up with those things. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, the, the traps go through such an arduous process of uh, the bullshit meter, where we come up with an idea <laughs> of a trap, and then we say, what is it? What does the visualization of it look like? And then once we get that, we're like, does the trap work the way we say it works? And then I remember there was one, and this was an interesting day on set, the, the tongue trap was completely different. It originally was hooks, I think, in Ooh. his tongue and in his mouth. And it was cool, but then we realized if someone really jumped off with hooks, all it would do is tear. It wouldn't rip. It mm. wouldn't remove the tongue. It would tear through the tongue. So we made the executive decision to put a vice in it, in vice's tongue, because that way it won't tear. It'll rip out. Yeah. So we, we, we go through all these tests. We finally do it. We make it look cool. We put it in. We shoot it. And then I remember the next day, the producers look at the footage and they're like, what happened to the, what happened to the hooks? <laughs> it didn't work that way. And I remember how mad they were because the, the hooks didn't work. Uh, eventually when they saw the edit, they were completely fine, but, but they go through numerous things because sometimes we design something really cool. And then we're like, it actually wouldn't do what we think it would from a, from an organic body standpoint. It's so funny because in my head, I, I visualize these scenes, but as like whoever the, the, the killer is in a particular movie doing the R&D with like dead pigs and stuff, trying out all these things, like trying out the hooks and be like, it just tears. <laughs> uh, ab absolutely. Uh, you know, there was also like Josh said, I, I have it somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I have all of the diagrams of what the traps that we sh didn't do. Like, there used to be Samuel Jackson's trap was originally in a swimming pool with rats. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's cool. It's cooler than that. It's cool than what I make it sound like. But it was, <laughs> it was really, we had this amazing design for it and it never ended up getting done because we found out we let's do the marionette puppet instead. Which um, is so good. Oh, man. <laughs> so Holy fantastic. Shit, what a great final trap. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, so, yeah, the, the traps is a fun, is a fun thing. I think then the behind the scenes of the, blu-ray they actually have a like a whole trap section where you can see the whole process of how it goes awesome like you know in in regards to the traps and reinventing the killer like that's that's where i think that the biggest differences between jigsaw and this copycat killer new jigsaw i don't know what to call him quite yet <laughs> the margin of of error or at least the escapability seems to be significantly less like these i still think they, they could maybe escape these traps but it's like you have to have zero hesitation on it Man, we were Josh and I were literally just speaking about that right before like, this podcast. Four minutes ago. <laughs> like, the reason I'm late to this is because we were talking about that. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, it seems yeah. like, and I know this this might be like treading in a little more spoiler territory, but I, I would say that this new killer's approach definitely m more revenge than like a morality lesson that he's trying to teach somebody, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely a, an anger there. Um, and I think, though... Okay, so so to hit your thing, the traps are winnable, but they're, you're right. There's no hesitation. You have to you have to immediately accept the fact that when you've been captured, um, you have to do this. You you absolutely have to do it. Uh, 
But again, I like to think of this more of that the test was for Zeke the entire time. It was not really for Boz. It was not really for all of these people. It was a test for Zeke. And Zeke had the ability to have a different outcome. But, you know, that that was what it was for. But, you know, I, I think that that's what's so interesting about this killer is the fact that he is different than Jigsaw. Um, he, he's got different sensibilities. He's younger. He is more angry. He's, you know, there, there is a revenge thing on him. It is not a carbon copy of Jigsaw by any means. Uh, and that was, that, was in, that was important to us also because, look, nobody is ever going to replace Tobin Bell. This was, we went into this with a, with a clear mind that this would not be something where we were trying to restart the franchise with another jigsaw. This is a completely different, a, di a different person with different motivations. And, and John Kramer still, you know, there's, there's still more stories for John. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Are there more stories for this universe with, with Chris Rock's character, with Zeke and, and his new killer? Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I think it comes down to what happens over the next two months. It comes down to what happens when it goes to VOD, what happens in the next weekend. You know, it's a business. This is a business. Um, unfortunately, we released during a pandemic. So I think if the movie ends up being, you know, successful, then there's always more stories. I think there's definitely more that we had planned, definitely more things that, that, that we want to tell. But, you know, that only only time will tell if we get that opportunity. But yes, we I think we we all know that there there is more. To, it ends on it, obviously, a massive cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I think that Josh and I have have more stories in this universe. That's awesome. And and if only for the, the color palette alone, I have to commend you on on the color scheme of the film, because it's it's so fun. Like, I love the pops of blue and like the the, the copy vibe, the like the browns yeah. and the it's almost like back in the 70s, almost. That is. Uh, yeah. So that is Jordan Oram, who is a new addition to the Saw franchise. Amazing young cinematographer. You know, he was amazing because I think that, you know, I wanted to bring new blood into the franchise. Um and, you know, I met with this guy and we just, we talked and I said, my biggest request was, I want this to feel like the hottest day of the summer. I want everyone to feel sweaty and always have sweat stains. And then he took with that idea and ran. And I think that I'm going to, I'm going to critique uh, Jigsaw for a second, Josh, earmuffs, earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> I felt Jigsaw was too polished. I just felt Jigsaw was, was too, it was, it was too pretty, too clean. And it was too CWE, and I think that I wanted to go back to a little more of the grit, grime, and just just icky nature of what Saul was. So I uh, that was one of the, the first big things that we talked about. I think it's a good choice. I mean, like if you're gonna if you're gonna start skinning people alive, you probably shouldn't have it look like the Riverdale episode. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Although I would watch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, just like when Darren was talking about at the beginning about how it was important to separate ourselves from the franchise with the puppet and with the voice of Jigsaw, all of those things, I think the look of the film uh, definitely played into that. And that was something that Darren started talking about very early on in the process. Yeah, and like one of one of the biggest things I I responded to in the movie was that you like you found a great way to inject mystery back into the franchise because in the first few movies like we don't know who John Kramer is we know very yeah. little about or much why. about his motivation yeah and like that's that's back where we are now with this new killer like there's there's questions rather than, you know more than just I wonder what this person did to deserve this <laughs> what protege is this <laughs> well that you know that was something you're saying that and that is something that that to me is a very important aspect that people need to remember that you didn't know John Kramer at all in someone. Yeah. He was a dead body on the floor with some flashbacks. 
it wasn't until Saw 2 and 3 that you really knew who he was. And I think that we hopefully, you know, if we, if we get the opportunity to do that, you will learn a lot more about that character, um, the killer in, in future films. Uh, this was this the setup of him. That's right. awesome. Yeah, I got to like. There's there's a lot of other stuff I'd like to talk about and 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 sort of commend you guys on on like all the changes that you made are brilliant. I really really enjoyed this movie like as a standalone film and as like a eighth ninth addition to a franchise. Like, holy <laughs> yeah. shit, so great! You knocked it out of the park. But we we like to ask everybody in the podcast uh, what your dream double feature would be at the drive-in. If if you could play any two movies, what would you play? And they don't have to be horror, but yeah, I mean generally they're it's a horror podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hell. <laughs> okay, uh, Josh, you go first because I have one. Well, look, I have to say that that my my life is what I am today because of seeing Halloween for the first time as a little tiny kid sneaking downstairs in the middle of the night. So, so I'm going to change your question just a little bit. Go for it. And say that if I could go and see a double feature of Halloween and Halloween two. Having never seen it before, Ooh. Oh, yeah. that to me would be the end all be all. Just to kind of relive those, those, those moments um, from what, from when I was a kid. So I, I would I, I would say that those those movies. I mean, I had a poster of Michael Myers on my wall growing up. I mean, they 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 are what informed uh, me as a as, as a storyteller. So yeah. If you if you could Fair choose enough. an age, what would you choose? Like to see oh, them? I would want to be a kid again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Maybe not quite as young because it really <laughs> fucked me up. Um, but uh, but if I could re-experience that that feeling again, um, uh, which was just kind of really the, the the match that 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 lit the spark uh, for for my career. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, I have a weird one, and it's one that again I don't know how many people have seen them. Uh, but again, uh, it's two that I would love to watch, and they they're kind of thematically tied a little bit. Uh, and that would be a boy and his dog and parents. Um, so oh. a boy and a dog is the most ridiculous apocalyptic film uh, where a dog basically talks to Don Johnson and tells him to do terrible, horrible things. Oh. It's his best friend. And they, they go across this kind of wasteland, uh, you know, doing terrible things. Uh, but it's a great film. Uh, and then another film, The Parents. If you've never seen The Parents, it's a, can it's a cannibalistic film with Randy Quaid. Uh, where this kid thinks his parents might be cannibals. I think those two films, I always love introducing people to new films, and I'm, I'm really surprised about how many people don't know uh, of these these two, I just think, underrated gems. Oh, yeah. So if I were to do it, it would be a boy and his dog and parents. That's a weird pairing, and I would totally buy a ticket for that. I think parents exactly. is great for the drive-in, though, because it's so kind of campy. Like, that's just like a perfect drive-in vibe. Uh, I absolutely agree. Um and I, I just want to see, I just want to see Randy Quaid act more because he's batshit crazy. And, I love it. <laughs> I love it. and this, and, and that movie was back at a time where we didn't know he was batshit crazy yet. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't until like the last 10, 15 years where like he grew his beard out and his hair out and he just lived. I mean, if you don't follow Randy Quaid on social media, you're, you're doing yourself a disjustice because that guy, I want to do a buddy cop movie with, with Randy Quaid and Gary Busey. Oh, I, oh wow. Not even not even for the movie, which let's all it's gonna be a terrible film, but to put those two guys on a press tour together. <laughs> Josh, we'll talk about this. Look, look the real the real sell is the documentary you're filming at the same time. Like you you go like Fitzcarraldo, I, like you get that behind the scenes footage. That's Can I good. tell you uh, I'm I'm gonna tell you a true story. Um when I first came to LA, I was an editor. I used to be I used to go to edit things. Um I got a job and I was uh I was working in Malibu. 
and uh, I was editing in this guy's basement. And so he lived in between Axl Rose and Gary Busey. And I'll never forget <laughs> one day I showed up and I got out and Axl Rose is mowing his lawn. So Axl Rose <laughs> is out there mowing his lawn and I look over and Gary Busey's whittling on his deck. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so yeah. That's awesome. First thing in the anyway. morning? <laughs> I know. Uh, well, listen, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much yeah. for your support. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you, guys. This was a blast. And Spiral's amazing. We loved it so yeah, much. Thank you so again. much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys, right, so bye. much. Spiral from the Book of Saw is playing in theaters right now. Uh, if you're fully vaccinated and you've got a theater open around you, I highly encourage you to go check out this movie. It's so optimistic. I feel like this is the first time we've encouraged anybody to do anything. Yeah, but b- before this, it was like, it's only playing in theaters, which sucks. <laughs> Sounds like you're going to have to wait a few months. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it seems like a, a large part of the population over in the United States has gotten their full dose. So, If you saw Spiral, chat with us and let us know what you thought about the film. Hit up our Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. Or if you're on Facebook, the Facebook Fiend Club group at facebook.com slash groups slash horror fiends of NOF. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.